So today we're going to do point five of the seven point mind training. Uh, we're in the Buddhism in the City class again, West London. And um, so point five means we've had point one, two, three, and four as well. So I'll say a little bit about that. Uh, so to just to um, so you can cast your mind back. So point one was about uh, the foundational practices, all the practices that we learned, that we are doing, that uh, we are applying in the course of our uh, Dharma lives. Um, so we're doing meditation, ethical practice, we might be doing puja or mantras, any of those practices, foundational practices. And sometimes in these practices, particular figures could be included, like devotion for the Buddha, or for other Buddhist figures, and I'm just saying that because Hank has made this amazing shrine, mm. and we got the Medicine Buddha there, which I'm very grateful for, and we also have Chikawa there, and Chikawa is one of the um, the people who, or the, the the person who formulated the Seven Point Mind Training in its pleasant form with slogans and all. So that's Ch Chikawa. So the foundational practices, uh, let's not dwell on it too much. We could just actually spend a huge amount of time on that and there's nothing wrong with that going, um, going over and over and over the same ground uh, to really familiarize ourselves with the practices. And then uh, point, two, uh, point two was about training in bodhicitta and it was mainly meditation instructions. And bodhicitta is the heart-mind oriented towards awakening, the heart longing for freedom, and um, the, the training in bodhicitta is training in wisdom, absolute bodhicitta, and compassion, relative bodhicitta. And with, uh, with wisdom, absolute bodhicitta, we were looking at insubstantiality of, of thought. And uh, also the insubstantiality of what we think is the thinker or the observer. So we were looking at that, and when we're looking at that and getting a real uh, insight into that, that will... Um, make sure that we won't create uh, suffering for ourselves and others. And then the other side of that, relative bodhicitta, is practicing a particular meditation that is connected to the seven-point mind training, which is the Tongan practice. It's sending and receiving, and we're using the breath to turn towards suffering, and we're using the, that's the in-breath, and we're using the out-breath to share and to give and to give whatever is needed in a difficult situation for ourselves and for others. It could be peace, it could be kindness, it could be anything that is needed. So you're sharing that, you're giving that, and you're opening up to a difficulty and difficult experience by breathing it in, turning towards. So that's point two. And then in point three uh, is bringing adversities onto the path. So in point three we were talking about how you can use the whole of your life um, to, to practice with. So rather than something difficult happening being obstacle and you need to kind of wait for it to go away before you can properly practice again, you are actually using those difficulties to, to breathe them in, to turn towards, to learn from them. So they're actually becoming, um, they're becoming uh, the, the, the food uh, for your uh, practice. And then uh, in point four, we were looking at the forces that uh, we're using uh, whilst we're practicing meditating or ethics. So we're using forces such as uh, deciding to uh, set ourselves up for a particular goal. And we're also using, for instance, the force of familiarization just to practice over and over again. So we get the practice, um, it becomes part of us. 
and we are looking at, for instance, the um, the force of the um, uh, wholesome deeds, and we are looking at saying no uh, to particular forces in our lives, and looking at the power of wishing. So that's the the five forces we looked at uh, a little while ago. So that's us in terms of uh, where we're at. So today we're looking at evaluation of practice, evaluation of the mind training, and it isn't particularly um, only this particular system of mind training, it's any kind of system of mind training that you've been trying, any kind of uh, Dharma practice that you've been doing, spiritual practice that you've been doing to, to um, work with difficulties, to transform difficult emotions, to uh, generate more compassion, all of those practices. So. A system of practice like the Buddhist path, and in this case, it's the mind training. So we're looking at um, today. We're looking at how do you actually know whether this is working? This is the thing. How do we know that what we're doing uh, in terms of practicing, meditating, ethics, whatever we're doing, how do we know it's working for us? So that is going to be the area we're looking at uh, today, and. I was actually thinking about myself and my very first retreat, and I really remember vividly that um, before, uh, so before I, I was on that retreat and I started to experience more moments of happiness, of joy, and appreciating beauty. And I know that before I uh, went on that retreat, those moments of happiness and joy would be much more random. They would occur, but it would be just like you know, conditions come together, I'd have this random moment of feeling happy. And I just started to notice how I had more and more of those moments in, in the course of that retreat. And it was such a natural uh, link. I'd be meditating, I'm having these moments of happiness, so the practice is working. For me, it was very crystal clear. So that made me decide to embark on this path in the first place. I, I saw that the practice was working for me. So... Um, so we're going to look, going to look at um, how did, did have we made any progress since we started practicing? So that's going to be interesting to look at. So that's what we're going to look at. So we're kind of looking in the mirror, looking in the mirror and seeing what do we see there. And um, the idea about uh, looking in that mirror, looking at our own um, practice and whether we made any progress, is to do it very kindly and gently, with compassion, with as much sort of kindness to ourselves as we can, we can bring up. And um, I think for me, sometimes I notice, okay, oh, I'm not doing this particular thing anymore, I'm not responding in the same way as I used to respond. And then I notice, oh, that's dropped away somehow. I don't know when it dropped away, but it has dropped away. And that gives me a sense of um, confidence or encouragement. So I'm hoping that us looking back at um, our practice and seeing how we've done, how we've developed, that that might be actually a source of confidence for us and confidence in, in the practice that we're doing. Um, so that's, I think, um, as much as I would like to say about this point, so this is the introduction. So now I'm going to um, get into the, uh, the different um, measures you could say. So questions you could ask yourself to see, am I actually progressing on the path? Have I made any progress? And in the uh, seven point mind training, um, it's suggested that we firstly, so this is the, the first measure we're looking at, has the practice that we're doing actually reduced 
ego clinging. That's the practice that we're doing, reduced our ego clinging. And of course, I can uh, understand that that sounds quite abstract, so I'm hoping to um, give a few examples of it. Firstly, I'd like to just say a little bit about what I think is meant by ego clinging. And um, as I was walking here uh, from the bus uh, to the center, I, I was thinking, like, how, how am I going to talk about ego clinging? And, uh, and then noticing, because I haven't been feeling very well the last few days, and I'm just noticing that uh, I have these thoughts about, uh, oh, I hope this is not going to last much longer, and why does this happen to me, and why, and I really hope I don't have some horrible illness, and I hope that I'll be able to go to this thing tomorrow, I need to go to this thing tomorrow, will I feel well enough? All of these thoughts, yeah, I was having, and whilst I was also thinking, oh, how shall I explain ego thing? I thought, well, I could use that <laughs> to explain ego thing because you could just feel unwell and just that would just be it. You're just with that. You're just unwell. It just comes up and it kind of passes through. There might be another thought coming up or another instance coming up, oh, I'm feeling unwell. But all these thoughts that you're uh, heaping onto it, that, that is in the realm of ego clinging. And sometimes it's called second arrow. So it's, it's rather than just allowing the experience, just receiving the experience and allowing it just to dissolve by itself, to just evaporate, by itself, you're kind of clinging on to it. Yeah, you're holding on to it, or trying to push it away, or trying to kind of hold on to it. So that is what's uh, referred to as um, ego being. That's a way into it that I hope you might find uh, you could connect to that kind of explanation. And um, so, um, has my practice uh, diminished this pool of greed, haters, and delusion? So you could, um, and has, have I developed more positive emotion like compassion? So you could ask yourself, for instance, um, do I understand myself and others uh, more deeply? That is one of the measures of, uh, of a reduced ego clinging, um, that you get more of an objective sense of yourself and of others, which you don't heaping so much onto it. And then, for instance, um, uh, am I less judgmental? Am I less opinionated? That's mm. something to look at. Um, in a difficult situation, do I think of the needs of others as well as of my own needs? Don't I just, if I just look at my own needs, then you could say there's quite a bit ego thing still going on. If you've got more of a, a wider sense of a whole situation and looking out for other people in that situation, you could say that's a sign of a reduced uh, ego thing. And you could also say, in the course of my practice, has my anger uh, on the whole uh, diminished? So that could be another sign. So we're looking at these signs of reduced ego clinging, that is uh, the first uh, question, as it were, to look at, the first area to look at in the course of this um, evaluation of our practice. Yeah, that's the first one. Wow. <laughs> so we've got a few more. <laughs> so the second one. <coughs> The second one, actually, in the mind training, there's this slogan of the two witnesses hold the principal one, which I always find uh, sounds a bit abstract, of the two witnesses hold the principal one. So, our experience, 
the only person who can say anything sensible about it. Who's that, do you think? It's ourselves. It's ourselves, yeah? It's ourselves. So we are the experts in terms of our own experience. Yeah? So that's not other people. So it's extremely useful to have other people, especially if they're doing a similar spiritual path as you do, to reflect yourself back. They can uh, maybe give you feedback if you're being a bit too harsh or being a bit this, that or the other. That's very useful. You can have a really good conversation with them. They could feed you back, which is good. It's holding up a particular mirror. So that's very positive and, and useful. But at the same time, we shouldn't rely on the judgments uh, of other people uh, about ourselves and what we're doing. We are the only people who can make that judgment. But we do need to do it kindly, if you see what I mean. That is, that is necessary. We do need to make to that kindly. So, um, listening to feedback, great, but don't make yourself dependent on the opinions uh, and advice of others. That's that's the advice uh, in the uh, in the seven point mind training here. So, trust practice, trust your own experience. I'd say so. So maybe that could be the question you're asking yourself: Are you less dependent on what other people think about you? or say about you. Yeah. How, how confident are you in your own judgment and your own practice? And in the, in the, um, in the commentaries uh, to this particular point, um, there is the uh, point about a sign of an experienced mind uh, training. Uh, so a sign that you're experienced in mind training is that you're less ashamed of your own mind. So I thought that's mm -hmm. worth saying. Yeah, so, yeah. It's really worth saying because it's also, again, that, uh, well, uh, some people may be from the second arrow kind of stuff. So something comes up in your in your experience and you're starting to cringe or you're starting to, yeah, starting to get really uncomfortable with it, which is just heaping it on. It's just heaping on the suffering. It's unnecessary. But then you can't help it because it's habit. But so... So a sign of a, f a trained mind is uh, that you're uh, less ashamed of it. So, well, Dharma practice is certainly not about um, uh, pleasing others at all. It's about supporting others. So uh, that's, that's again, it's about uh, your relationship with these other people around you. They can say lots of things about you, but you are the person who has, uh, who's the expert there, yeah? Trust that. So that's, uh, that's uh, our second, uh, second uh, question to look at, our second uh, area to look at, in terms of the progress in the mind training. Now the next one, are we ready for the next one? Yeah. Some people are, that's good. The next one, um, the, it's formulated as uh, always maintain only a joyful mind. And I know that when you hear that, only maintain, uh, always maintain only a joyful mind. I mean, that sounds a bit daunting, I guess. But um, what we're looking at here um, is really um, that there is more joy. There is more joy uh, in, in your experience. Um, as, as you've been practicing and also there is also more joy when there are difficulties so we're not completely disappearing in the difficulties 
but there's also a sense of, okay, this difficulty is now here, but also there's still the sun on my face, there's still in my friendship with this particular person. You see, there's the wider perspective of that, so you get, the difficulties are there, but you've got much more joy around it. There's also much more flexibility and resilience around it. So, in case difficulties arise, they'll kind of pass through a bit more quickly somehow. The, the difficult emotions around the difficulties uh, are passing through more quickly. So that is also a sign of uh, a mind that's more trained. And it's also, as, uh, in the same uh, kind of area, is um, that um, you're more able to be with other people's difficulties and still maintain some sense of, uh, you know, uh, may not maybe equanimity, but some sense of, of joy or happiness. Your happiness is completely disappearing, as it were, uh, when you're uh, dealing with uh, uh, maybe a friend who is not in a good way. Or, so you get more, um, a bigger container, I guess. Uh, to 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 um, to be with other people's difficulties as well, and still have some um, connection still with the uh, the beauty of life and the the positive uh, qualities that um, are present. And this is also to do with um, uh, this, the wisdom aspect, because when you're more um, aware or more deeply connected to the human condition, just the human condition, it's also somehow a bit easier to be with those uh, difficulties and to maintain that joy. I find it hard to explain this, but uh, there is something about understanding the human condition much more deeply and really understanding that in a particular way we're all, we are all in the same boat. We are all in the same boat. Each of us will have or will face illness at some point, we will face the death of loved ones, our own death. Etc. And we will also be facing birth, and we'll be facing the arisal of beauty and, and friendship, all of that. So that whole complex experience that human beings um, undergo, I would say, face in their lives. So that is uh, the um, always maintain only a joyful mind um, area to look at in our practice. So. How are we doing with that? And then lastly, because we have four um, areas to look at with this um, uh, point five. Lastly, um, there's this image of uh, you're riding on a horse and for instance the horse, uh, this is like cast, I think this is this is the an image from the original mind training because not a lot of us are are riding on horses in the course of everyday life, except maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> so um, so just suppose that there's something that's happening in the horse, kind of bolts or whatever it does. I don't know what horses do. And then you just keep you keep in the saddle, yeah. You keep firmly in the saddle. So you just picture that us in our lives. Something happens, something happens that really shakes us up, that's really difficult somehow, 
And then naturally, uh, when it, with the trained mind, you start training. You just start training instantly. When the difficulties come up, you'll start applying the practices that you've learned. And that is also a sign of a well-trained mind, a mind that's proficient in the uh, mind training, dharma training. So the practice, uh, practice is uh, spontaneously arising when the difficulties come. Okay. So that is, um, those are the four points. Uh, the point about reduced ego clinging, the point about uh, trusting your own judgment, your own experience, and um, the point about the, the joyful mind, and the point about um, practicing even when you're faced with distraction or difficulties, the practice is just starting up. So those are the four areas to look at. And um, I do think that uh, if we do look in the mirror as if, uh, we're looking at our own practice with kindness, it will be a cause for uh, having more confidence in ourselves and trusting, trusting what we're doing much more. And um, you might also be a bit clearer when you've really looked in the mirror uh, today, this particular mirror, which areas could do with a bit more attention and which areas you're actually quite happy with. So that might be another thing to look at uh, later on.